How do you want to be portrayed? How, who do you want to reach? What type of brand are you? Mm-hmm. Um, and how are you going to use that brand? Where do you want that brand to take you? And is your brand you? And if it's you, then maybe, you know, a, a type of, a, what did you, what do we call it? A, a logo type, type a logo type um, brand is, is all that you really need. But if there's more to it, then your brand needs to speak to that as well. Yeah, it needs to it needs to have the full story. Hey, I'm Stephanie Fager, and Empower is my middle name. Well, not really, but it should be. I believe that empowered people empower people, and I'm obsessed with empowering you, the nonfiction author, with impactful marketing strategies to help you take your important message and share it with those who desperately need it, want it, and will buy it. I'm a gal whose life was changed by a dream, literally, and that dream pushed me to write my first book, the book that changed everything for me. That dream was the catalyst to help me capture a message I was passionate about, and in turn, it gifted me with the opportunity to merge my two loves, my skill set for marketing, PR, and communications, and my love for books, both writing them and marketing them. As the owner and chief strategist of the Empower PR Group, I help nonfiction authors with laser-focused strategy and tactics to help them write books that sell, promote their books to those who need and want them most, and build a meaningful business from a message that is empowering. Think of this as your one-stop shop for marketing insights from an author who has been there, done that, and understands exactly where you are. So grab a warm beverage and a comfy blanket, And get your pins ready because I'm ready to empower you on all things author branding. This is the Empowered Author Podcast. You've probably heard of the word brand and know that you likely need one. But where do you start? What does that mean for you, the aspiring or established author? And how is that different from your book brand? All of this might make your head start to spin, and if it does, take a deep breath and rest easy because I've got you covered. In this season of the Empowered Author Podcast, it is all about author branding, and I'm joined by Madeline Copperweight, my talented graphic designer and brand expert who knows branding like the back of her hand. Together, we're excited to empower you with everything you need to ensure you are telling your story the way you want your story told. And I'm talking about your brand story today. Hey, Madeline, welcome back to season two of the Empowered Author Podcast. Thanks. Thanks for having me. Happy to be here. I'm so glad you are here. And are you ready for the third episode? Yes, I am ready. (laughs) We have a lot to talk about. We've already been talking through a lot of stuff with this season, but this episode is continuing our bringing your brand to life kind of mini series within the the season two of the Empowered Author Podcast. And so far, we've talked about a lot of things that go into bringing a brand to life. Um, Specifically, we've talked about how fonts are a critical component for people to consider. So I think about the brands that I've built for my businesses, and I find that the fonts were really what distinguished me. It set each of my brands apart from one another, and it set me apart from others in this space. But another thing that I found that's really been a key differentiator for me is what I use in addition to fonts. So that's the imagery, the icons, the graphics, and so much more that goes into your mind as you create author brands for people. 
Um, so, you know, as you're thinking through all of that, you know, there's so much more to fonts, isn't there? Or so much more to branding than fonts. <laughs> yeah, there is. So, I mean, like we talked about, fonts really do say a lot. You know, picking the right type of font is essential. Mm-hmm. Uh, but something that also says a lot is the icons that you use. Uh, because those are really things that uh, when you use a specific icon, they immediately bring something to mind. So if you see, you know, like a bird icon, you know you know what a bird is. You know, yeah, absolutely. Immediately, immediately think of that. Um, so it's it's something that can really portray a lot in very a very small you know it's a very small thing but it says a lot and that's kind of what similar to what fonts do but icons kind of do that in a more like a objective way mm-hmm. absolutely it does and 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 then if you're really established and your brand really grows then icons can almost stand on their own mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. It can really uh, be a be a really small thing that is very, you know, I- identifiable. My husband and I and our three kiddos and um, you and I have been giggling today about how many cats I have and dogs. The zoo that lives at my house. We live on a 25-acre farm. And when we had a brand built for our farm and then the logo built from that, um, it's Redbird Farm. So obviously we needed a Redbird, but which Redbird was really important mm-hmm. and how that Redbird was translated. We actually, um, in addition to the right fonts, which of course has a little scripty in there, um, it's a script and a, and a sans serif font blend, but we created a icon that stands by itself because we envision one day whenever we sell produce having a sticker and that sticker or like even a stamp where it's like kind of like so we're not cattle farmers but kind of like a cattle brand right like it's a brand um or an identity that stands apart so today we get to talk about all things icons and how that plays into really the type of logo that you're creating so when I was preparing for our conversation on this particular topic in this episode I did some research on logos And just like when you and I chatted, I found myself walking away with so much more info that I even knew was possible and how jam-packed strategy is into these very, very small little pieces of an organization or a business or an identity. Um, But the more that I start to understand it, the more that I am getting a glimpse into you and how you think through things Mm -hmm. and why it's so important that authors and business owners and authorpreneurs and anybody collaborate with someone who's an expert in this field and that can really help bring their brands to life. So I want to talk about logo types and logo marks as they relate to logos and bringing your brands to life. So a logo type, what's a logo type, Adeline? Uh, so that's when a logo is basically type focused. It doesn't usually have an icon or an image associated with it. It's just, you know, that font that spells out, you know, the name of, of your brand. Gotcha. And so in comparison, a logo mark is what? So that would be a combination of the name, so a font, and then it would be with um, some sort of a, a graphic image, whether that's, you know, an icon or something that's non-objective, you know, like the, the Nike swoosh, it's, it's, it's more of a, you know, more conceptual than, mm-hmm. hey, look, that's a bird. Absolutely. So if you are realizing you need an author brand 
and you go to a graphic designer or you get to chat with Madeline, you're, they're going to ask you some questions and you're going to ine inevitably find yourself at that logo conversation. So when we talk about logo, what we're referring to is all of the marks that are representative of a brand. And when a designer asks you if you want a logo type or a logo mark, really what they want to know is if you want a logo that is a text only logo or a logo that has a picture or a graphical element associated with it. Uh, logo types are also referred to as watermarks or letter marks, while logo marks are also known as pictorial logos and logo symbols or logos with icons. And there's so much in this space to think about. Now, when you think about an author brand, um, what do you kind of find yourself leaning towards for authors or both? Um, I mean, it, it can go either way. Um, I think a, a logo type is really more when you're, the name is going to be, you know, kind of the, the brand. Maybe you don't have like an icon that would necessarily fit with it since it's, you know, your brand is, is you, it's your name. Yeah. Um, but when it's something that's more, you know, maybe your brand is, is it's you, but it's more than you too. Yeah. Um, that may be where you'd want to use something with, uh, with an icon. And Madeline, I think that my cats know when there's people <laughs> in the, people in the house that love cats because Oreo just came up to say hi. Mm -hmm. <laughs> For those that aren't listening, um, he's a little squishy, um, what kind of cat is he? A tabby cat. Um, so anyways, logo, Oreo was interested in logos. That's why he showed up. Um, so there's different types of logos. So I want to just kind of walk through each of those a little bit so that should an author who's listening decide that they are ready to build an author brand, they feel a little bit more empowered on what they need to talk to and share with their graphic designer. So let's start with the letter mark. So a letter mark is really typography based. And it's exclusively made up of a company or a company's or a brand's initials. And for that reason, it's also kind of a monogram. I don't find a lot of authors that use or authorpreneurs that are using letter marks. I want you to think of things like NASA or BBC, right? Like the what those letters stand for are way too long for someone to have to remember. So the condensed kind of monogram um, letter mark makes more sense for them. Um, and I really don't see for those if they usually don't have an icon connected with it, do no, they? No, not usually. It's usually just that, uh, those initials. Yeah. So if you have a really long name that's hard to remember, it might be easier if you kind of come up with that acronym and create kind of a brand identity and your logo associated with it. Since there is only a limited number of letters, this type of a logo I find is really good for legibility. You know, it's like three yeah, it, or four letters. Yeah, it's very, very good for condensing something that's really long and hard to remember into something that's uh, very to the point, very recognizable, you know, e easy to remember, easy to say. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So on the con side of this type of a logo, if you don't have an established brand, what could happen is you could be leaving people questioning what in the world is this? Mm -hmm. You know, I don't even understand what that is. And they're kind of questioning what the company is or what they do or what they stand for. So what you might find as an author or an authorpreneur is that you want a combination mark. We'll talk about that in a little bit, where even if you have a long name, you could still do a condensed kind of monogram or acronym um, that has relevance, but you connect it with something that speaks more to your brand. 
or even uh, include a version that has the, the full name spelled out. Yes. So people know, you know, what, what that acronym stands for. I'm trying to think in my own life what I refer to regularly that is like a monogram font, a monogram type logo that letter mark where my kids are like, Oh, blah, blah, blah. You know, and they do it all the time. Well, don't you know what the, I don't know what this is. <laughs> they know what that is. So re- in reality, as long as it doesn't impact brand awareness, you know, the acronym could be the, the, way your brand is articulated, but you really want to ensure that if you're going that route, you're not giving yourself the name of your company. Um, you're not giving the name, the opportunity to help create that feeling, mm-hmm. you know, make sure that the fonts would be very important. The color would be very important. Um, and if you were to do any other kind of watermark or pictorial element, I would think that would be important too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. So next up, we're going to talk about a word mark. Now, um, these are also typography based, meaning it's typically font or typically letters that are utilized. Um, and it usually focuses on the name of the business or brand. So different from a letter mark where, which is more monogram or an acronym focused, word marks spell it out. So think like Disney, right? There's no icon associated with that, but the font that Disney uses Talks of, it like speaks to the fairy tale aspect mm-hmm. of magic of what it brings. Mm-hmm. What do you think some positives would be for authors who would potentially be using a wordmark type logo that that is specifically with their just their name or with just the font? Um, I think the advantage to that would be you know making the name the focus, the name that is really mm-hmm. it's really working for you. You know, especially if your brand is you, is your name, mm-hmm. um, then that could be really powerful. You know, just standing out as your name. You know, it's yeah. it's you. It doesn't need in any any other frills. It doesn't need anything else. Um, and it's um it's usually one of the most simple approaches to logo development. Many companies use it. Uh, and I've seen many authors use it too. The font, again, go back to font. I think font really speaks something to this particular type of a logo mm-hmm. because that's how you're creating the feeling. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, you know, in a word mark, the font is everything because you Absolutely. don't, you don't have anything else there. So you have to be very intentional about the font that you choose for it. And it's also, if you've picked the right font, it, you usually don't have an issue with legibility or readability. Yeah. Um, you know, it kind of is, it's kind of it and it tells a story and you or your company name are kind of the focal point of it. Okay. So then the next one, and there's four just to, just to share. So we're on number three is a brand mark. Now this is kind of more of a pictorial mark and there's no text altogether. It's just that icon. And so we're thinking like a Nike swoosh or even like an Amazon smile, right? There's just that little half smile. And the phrase and the name is left off. Mm-hmm. What do you what do you think about that particular type of a logo? And when do you think that makes sense? Uh, so it can be very effective because icons, you know, are very easily recognizable. They're something that you can, you know, if it's a, a brand that's very well established, yeah. you can instantly recognize, you know, that that Apple symbol. You know exactly what that is. You know that's Apple. You know what they do. You know mm-hmm. what they make. You know what that brand is all about. Um, but it can be a little tricky, you know, when you're a new brand, um, and you don't have that, maybe you don't have that brand recognition built up yet. Uh, you may need something more than just that, that 
icon that tells people, yeah. you know, who you are, what you're about, what, what your brand is. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you're right. If you already have a strong brand recognition, your icon independent of any text might be all you need. But for most authors or entrepreneurs, you need a bit more. And that's where I think the combination mark, in my opinion, is the sweet spot. And that is where you blend this word mark or letter mark, meaning typography based with the pictorial connection and that brand mark and you put it together. So I see that really as the best of both worlds. And, um, and I, I, I don't know, I'm, in this battle between icon or no icon, I find myself liking icons. Yeah, I, I, I think um, I end up making these types of logos most often just because it's kind of utilizing those two different graphic, you know, elements yeah. that are both very powerful, but they, then when they work together in harmony and they like build off of each other, it's, it's really uh, powerful. And I just find, because I'm always thinking about how we're going to use the logo, I get excited because some sort of a graphic element allows me to, like, breathe life of your brand everywhere, you yeah. know? It kind of does the same for me as the designer. It, it gives me something that I can take and, and, you know, we can put everywhere. We can mm -hmm. use that. And it, it works as, uh, you know, it builds your brand awareness and recognition. When people see, you know, they see your logo and they also see that icon that you have in your logo. Mm -hmm. And you can, uh, you can use that for various purposes and you can use it everywhere. I love it. Well, and I, I found, cause one of my brands has a very strong icon. I actually use them for like bullets, yeah. you know, just little things that are like an extra touch or a PowerPoint deck it looks gorgeous with that just in the background. It just reinforces. Yeah. Or like you said, with the, the, the farm, the stickers. Yes. You can use that too. Just that little icon. Absolutely. And, and really the, the graphic element is meant to share more of that emotional story, something that a font just won't, can't do alone. Mm -hmm. When you think of the Empower PR group, um, we, and we keep using that as an example, um, but I have kind of like a paint swatch in mm -hmm. the back. And that's also very, very purposeful because it's meant to help people see creativity as a part of the marketing process. Mm -hmm. And that, but that little swoosh, if you were to if you were to follow me on, on Instagram, you'll see I have very clean, simple graphics with strong quotes using that swoosh all over my Instagram. And that's reinforcing the brand, which is also why a having, you know, some sort of an icon or a pictorial connection allows you to have a deeper extension into your social platforms and all your marketing channels. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It helps build, you know, your brand integrity where um, you have things that are recognizable. Yes that uh, you can use everywhere. So those four types of logos, what does that mean to an author or an authorpreneur or an author brand? Um, so I have a couple questions. Madeline, I'm going to put you on the hot spot. I want to know your thoughts. Um, so do you think that authors should stick with a logo that speaks to their brand? And should that have a pictorial element or not? We kind of talked about that a little bit, but I'm just curious... Yeah, what so other thoughts do you have? I think it's situational. I, yeah. I lean towards having an icon more, uh, because, you know, I think it, it says a lot. It says, it can say more than just, you know, that, that text can. Mm -hmm. But I do think it's situational. There are some in instances where I would, I would recommend just a, a logo type mm -hmm. because, you know, if you're really wanting to emphasize just that name, um, I think that's a better route, but I think in general, I, I'd say 
come up with some sort of icon or some sort of uh, graphic element, even mm-hmm. if it's not objective, uh, like, you know, like your paint. Yeah. Um, I think that can really, it can add a lot to a brand. I think so too. I think so too. But, you know, when you and I sit down to help an author kind of bring their brand to life, we ask them a lot of very pointed questions. Mm-hmm. It's important that we know what the story is that they want to share. Yeah. And that will dictate the type of logo, whether it's mm-hmm. icon or not, that we create. Um, yes, everything is extremely situational. And I think it goes down to how do you want to be portrayed? How, who do you want to reach? What type of brand are you? Mm-hmm. Um, and how are you going to use that brand? Where do you want that brand to take you? And is your brand you? And if it's you, then maybe, you know, a, a type of, a, what, did you, what do we call it? A, a logo, logo type. type. A logo type um, brand is, is all that you really need. But if there's more to it, then your brand needs to speak to that as well. Yeah, it needs to, it needs to have the full story. Mm-hmm. Yes, absolutely. So the more we dive into branding, Madeline, the more I realize how much goes into doing it right. You know, you any just like I mentioned earlier, just because you can do something doesn't mean you should. Just because you have access to a platform that could help you create something doesn't mean you're going to create a brand that tells the right story to reach the right audience and the right kind of brought to life elements of it are going to happen. So it, it just makes me so excited to have someone like you that's able to help um, the people I work with and me ensure that the types of stories that we're telling are the ones we want told. The ones we want told. So thank you for inviting myself and my listeners kind of into your thinking process. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> it's exciting. It's exciting to dive in deep and understand how someone who loves technology and creativity and merges it together, how you bring to life something that will work for us, not against us. So thanks for joining today. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. We're halfway through this season Mm -hmm. and we have three more episodes to go. We have so many things to still talk about though. Who Mm -hmm. knew that there was so much to talk about when we talked about author branding? I did. You did. (laughs) I didn't. So I'm so glad that that we're doing this together. Mm -hmm. The next episode that's up, we're talking about color palettes and I'm not talking about your personal palette. Wait, you didn't, you didn't have one? (laughs) I did. I'll tell you all about that. But we're actually talking about your brand color palette. If I had a dollar for every person that I spoke with that said that they didn't need a brand or they created their own, I would be a rich woman. And if I had a dollar for every logo I saw that it was less than effective, I'd be equally as rich. Maybe I'm in the wrong business. (laughs) Just kidding. The truth is anyone can use the tools that are out there today to create a logo and a brand. But in my opinion, not everyone can create an effective brand that works for them. My business coach encourages her clients to remember that just because you can do something does not mean you should. And I'd like to share that with you today too, especially when it comes to brand development. I highly encourage you to find someone who gets you, your goals, your industry, and more to help you bring your brand to life. And us here at the Empower PR Group can help, should you be interested. Think you are ready for an author brand now? Or maybe you already have one that you are realizing may not help you accomplish the goals you seek or inspire the people that you want to engage with. 
Branding is strategic, it's methodical, and it is full of purpose. It can be what helps you get from here to there, from your vision to your deliverables, from seeing a problem to becoming a solution. If you are a nonfiction author who is interested in creating an author brand or refreshing your current one, the Empower PR Group can help. I invite you to visit www.empowerprgroup.com backslash author branding for more information on how Madeline and myself can help you bring your brand to life. We have various package offerings that can support you where you are and how you need us. And we have a freebie just for you. Download our branding brainstorm guide, which will help you be able to articulate your vision for your brand, your book, and your business so that you are ready to work with a team to bring it to life. And if we can be that team for you, we'd love to. We are ready to empower you in the creation of your author brand. Are you ready? Remember, empowered people empower people. I have empowered you now with your brand in hand. It's your turn to empower others.